Hello and welcome to Wineskins, a program featuring reflections on the lives of the saints and the sacred scriptures, along with a variety of topics and issues from a Catholic perspective. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Our show is sponsored by the annual Dossison Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts, a division of the Society of St. Paul. On our show today, I will interview Bonnie Birdman from the Jewish community. We will also hear more about the life of St. Padre Pio and the readings for this 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time. That and more on Wineskins. In our current issue today, we will hear from Megan Farrell. With me again is Megan Farrell, who is Communications Specialist for the Diocese of Youngstown. Welcome back to Wineskins. Thanks for having me. You know, Megan, the last time you were here, we talked about your job specifically. What I'd like to talk about now is our diocesan website, which Mm -hmm. is one of your jobs specifically. Let's talk about how that interfaces with the other website, which is the CatholicEcho.org. Talk about both of those individually. Well, one thing I want to say about DOI.org, just as a precursor, also as kind of a a request, I guess, to the listeners out there is if you're somebody who works on a website for your parish or school or whatever, it's very important for you to own that and host it. Because just a few months before I started, we lost DOI.org. Everything was hacked and lost. So we had to rebuild it. And you were mentioning before that you were on that committee that had worked to build that up, and there were a lot of features that we're still trying to bring back that we used to have. So if you have a website, we've had other parish websites be hacked, so it's very important that you own the domain, the website, and the hosting. So that is something that we've been working on is owning that ourselves. And then I build out the information that's on DOI.org, and there's some things that we've moved then over to catholicecho.org, especially the Wineskins podcast, right? (laughs) That landing page, our live streams for events at the cathedral, all of our articles that are coming out in the Catholic Echo magazine. There's so much that we cover and we plan to continue to cover in the diocese that we can't add it all to the magazine. So all of those articles are going to be online. So there's a lot of information that we had been putting on doi.org because that's what we had but really they belong on the catholic echo because the catholic echo is our website for all of our media to try and get them all into one place when we talk about the website doi.org for the diocese what can people actually find on there and what is so important about it that you'd want people to go to the diocesan website for They go there specifically to find information on diocesan offices. Right now we're working on how to take the Catholic directory, which was print only, and make that interactive so that as changes are made, we can update them instantly and people can see that on the website. That's going to be a a process for us, but another thing they can find is events, diocesan events especially. Bishop Bonner's messages, a lot of formal reports. There are a lot of groups that kind of audit what we do for safe environment, financial accountability, 
contact information for different departments, all of those things need to be transparent and accessible to the public, and that's what they can find at DOI.org. The other thing I want to talk about is you're really involved also in internal communications. Mm -hmm. Why is it important for us to hear in the diocese, especially in the central offices, to communicate together, and how does that translate when you go into parish life? So I think there are a lot of things that are similar and especially in parishes that are collaborations between different buildings. We're having that same experience going from different offices of communications and coming into one communications department. A lot of parishes are going through that same experience. And one of the things that we've made part of our process is to try and make things that were kind of information that was in the back of the head of people who have been there a long time and writing it down getting out processes on paper written down, having agendas for our meeting and having them in a format that anyone on the team can add things to it so that when we sit down once a month, regular meetings in person, if at all possible, is to me the most important thing. And I know I'm the tech website person, but there is nothing like being face-to-face with people and the team building that happens. And so I contribute a little bit to that. Well, Megan Farrell, Communication Specialist for the Diocese of Youngstown, thank you for the work that you do, but also for the diocesan website, doy.org, and also the catholicecho.org website, and how folks can go to both of those to learn information, not only about the diocese, but about parishes and upcoming events, and any information that might be pertinent or important for them to have for whatever they're working on. So thank you for the work that you do, and God bless you and your ministry. Thank you. For Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. The Feast of St. Padre Pio is celebrated on September 23rd. To tell us more about this holy and venerable priest is Katie Wagner. She is the editor-in-chief of the Catholic Echo. In 1915, Padre Pio was hearing confessions when he felt pain in his hands and feet. He noticed the stigmata, the wounds of Christ, appearing on his hands and feet. The experience was painful. He had other illnesses, including cancer, which was miraculously healed after just two treatments. Other problems such as arthritis, which plagued him in his later years, never went away. From his childhood, he was very devout and at an early age was drawn to the priesthood. At the age of 15, he joined the Capuchins and became a novice a year later. He received the habit in 1902 and was ordained to the priesthood in 1910 after seven years of study. At that time, he became known as Padre Pio. On September 20th, 1918, he was kneeling in front of a large crucifix when he had a vision of Jesus. When the vision ended, he had the stigmata. The doctor who examined him could not find any natural causes for the wounds. Life became more complicated after that. Medical doctors, church authorities, and curiosity seekers all came to see Padre Pio. He was not publicly permitted to say mass or hear confessions. While he did not complain about those restrictions, they were soon reversed. He rarely left the friary after he received the stigmata, but busloads of people soon began coming to see him. Every morning after 5 a.m. Mass in a crowded church, he heard confessions until noon. 
He took a mid-morning break to bless the sick and all who came to see him. Every afternoon, he also heard confessions. In time, his confessional ministry would take 10 hours a day. He died on September 23, 1968, at the age of 81. His funeral was attended by about 100,000 people. He was beatified in 1999 and was canonized in 2002. When Pope St. John Paul II proclaimed him a saint in St. Peter's Square in Rome, over 300,000 people gathered there. Let us pray. Father Pio, your intercession with God healed the ills of past and present and strengthened people to respond with confidence to future challenges. May we experience your powerful assistance and be healed in our bodily and spiritual needs, particularly those we place before you today. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. For Wineskins, I am Katie Wagner. Join me again is Bonnie Birdman, who is the Executive Director of Community Relations and Government Affairs for the Youngstown Area Jewish Federation. It's a pleasure to have you back on Wineskins. Oh, it's so great to be back here. Thank you. You know, Bonnie, when you were here last time, we got a, a wonderful recap of all of the the great things that the Jewish community is part of in this community, but also the relations that you have with the Catholic community, but also the broader community as well. And that really is important for us to continue to maintain that. One of the things I'd like us to focus on is something that's coming up. It's a fifth anniversary of something that happened tragically in Pittsburgh. Yes, so next month it will be five years since the very, very tragic shooting in the Pittsburgh synagogue shootings where 11 people were murdered in the process of just very basic weekly Sabbath worship. An individual with extreme hatred came into the synagogue and unfortunately murdered these individuals. It was the worst instance of anti-Semitic hatred in the United States ever, and we're coming up on the fifth year commemoration of that event next month. Let's talk about that whole sense of anti Semitic, but also anti-anything. The, the hatred that unfortunately has been creeping into our hearts and our society for many years now. What can we do to assuage such hatred? We can talk about so many reasons why this is happening, and I don't think there's any one, nor is there any one panacea to fix mm-hmm. the problem. But our society today is so polarized. Social media gets people all churned up about things, and anti-Semitism itself is literally the world's oldest form of hatred. And what we tend to find is when people have problems in their own lives or in their own communities, they're looking for an out, they're looking for someone to blame. And over the millennia, and certainly more prominently even today, they're blaming the Jewish community, blaming Israel, blaming anybody they can, and then engaging in hate-filled activities. I think that the only way we can start to really fight back about this is when we do it together. We need to call it out. Whether it's anti-Semitism, whether it's racism, homophobia, anything anti-religion of any kind, we all need to call it out together. And I'm hopeful that we bring everyone together, good people of conscience, through this valley and throughout the world to talk about this. And that's what we'll be doing next month when we're gathering together as a community. We're gathering on the evening of October 26th. It's a Thursday evening at Temple Oheb Beth Shalom. 
home in Youngstown, where faith community and political leaders from all throughout the valley will be there to join together to speak out against hatred. And we're hopeful that the bishop will be able to join us that day. Well, we certainly hope that. And we also want to kind of pivot to a more positive discussion, and that is the celebrations that we've had over these many years with the Jewish community and the Catholic Church, and how important that has been over the years. We know that many rabbis have participated, Rabbi Myers, Rabbi Kornspan, more recently Rabbi Schoenberger, our own Father George Blasco. How important is it for us to continue those Jewish-Christian relations and dialogue? Not only has it been so important, but it's more important now than ever for all the reasons we just talked about. But more importantly, the diocese, the Catholic community has such a huge, rich tradition in this valley. I've lost count on how many festivals and things that I've enjoyed over the years. And that's now part of the valley footprint. Mm-hmm. We're all going to live here together and we're all going to move this place forward. If this is a place we want our kids to come back to, we want new people to say, you know what, this is a good place to live. I'm going to bring my family here. There has to be an outlet. So for Christians, you want to have a good, solid, strong diocese and other Christian communities. For us as Jews, we want to have a huge footprint here. So we want people to come. And in order to make each of us strong, we can never strengthen ourselves alone. We have to do it together. And the history of Catholic-Jewish relations has been incredible throughout the years. I've been doing this work for 27 years. The relations predated me. I've been blessed to do this work, and I look forward to continuing it moving forward. You know, as we as the Diocese of Youngstown find ourselves in the 80th anniversary of the foundation of the diocese, it's important for us when we talk about our relationships with other people and other faith traditions that we remember. You know, remembering is such an important part of who we are, not only as human beings, but as people of faith. Why is remembering so crucial to what we do? Because there's so many lessons in memory. You know, you can't go backwards in time. You can only think back, hopefully fondly, at good memories, but also at things that weren't so fond. Mm -hmm. Some were tragic. But you learn the lessons of memory. We learn the lessons from the Holocaust, and we've got to keep teaching about that because we've lost our first generation witnesses to that tragic part of human history. So as we, you know, tend to lose the greatest generation Mm -hmm. and others who, you know, certainly front and center at the founding of the diocese 80 years ago. If we're going to continue as a people and have that strong identity, we have to remember where we were in the past and together and fondly remember those things, celebrate the joys that we've had together, and then teach our children moving forward so they can carry it forth as well. What's in the future for the Jewish community here in our area? Well, you know, we're going to continue to stay the course. We're not going anywhere. People tend to ask us, you know, you're a shrinking community. Why are you still doing what you're doing? Mm -hmm. And intuitively, as the community shrinks, you would think we would be shrinking our services. Sure, a few of our synagogues have merged, but at the end of the day, our community services are growing. We're pouring more money into it despite our shrinking population Mm -hmm. and growing our programs. But the key piece is now we share. 
and we openly share. And so everything we do is open to the community. We welcome everyone. We want to serve as many people as we can and want to continue to maintain our very strong footprint here in the Valley. And if someone is interested in more information about the Jewish community or the Jewish Community Center, what do they do? Where do they go? Okay, all they need to do is call 330-746-3251. That will get you to our main switchboard. You can ask about membership. You can ask about our day school, our kindergarten through eighth grade day school which is very much a feeder into Ursuline. So we've had a number of our students coming from our school going over to Ursuline in ninth grade. You can ask about our nursing home, our assisted living, our counseling services, anything. And if you want to come see for yourself, just pop in at 505 Gypsy Lane, just off the uh, corner of Belmont Avenue and Gypsy on the north side of Youngstown. Well, Bonnie Birdman, Executive Director of Community Relations and Government Affairs for the Youngstown Area Jewish Federation, it's been a pleasure having you on, learning more about the Jewish community, but also celebrating the many years that we've had together. So God bless you and your community. And as we celebrate together those milestones in our communities, in our relationships, and also in our faith traditions. May God bless us in all that we do. Thank you so much. For Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. To receive more information and to listen to Wineskins, visit the website www.catholicecho.org. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. 33 million Americans have descended into poverty. And as their futures fall, so does our nations. Church World Service believes that being self-reliant is a joy everyone should share. So around the block or around the world, share the joy. Our song today is by John Michael Talbot. It is from his CD entitled, Simple Heart. of your word I kept my feet on your path my words are pure not as sinful people you test me and you find my soul you visit me day and night from you my judgment shall come forth discern the truth with your piercing eyes the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wing. Save me from the violence of the wicked 
Our scripture reflections for this 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time will be by Ursuline's sister, Regina Rogers. She is from St. Edward Church in Youngstown. Today's gospel is a very difficult one for us to hear because it deals with three very human realities. First, the unfairness of life. We see it all around us. Why do some have so much while others have nothing? Why do some people have to work two or three jobs to put food on the table while professional athletes make millions in just one season? Why do some seem to win the lottery of good luck while others don't seem to catch a break? The reality is that life is unfair and we are not going to change that. What we can change is our wishful thinking that life will someday become fair, that each person will receive equally all they hope for. Wishing, however, is not going to make it so. Secondly, in this gospel, we see the response of the men who were hired at the beginning of the day. They are mad that those who were hired much later received the same wage. The real issue, though, is that they are jealous They compare themselves to the late hires and resent the fact that the landowner has chosen to be generous to those men. They believed that they should have gotten more. After all, it's only fair. Third, we hear the grumbling and complaining of the workers. They are unhappy that they did not get more or that the late hires did not get less. We can identify with the three human responses presented today, the unfairness of life, jealousy at what others get, 
and complaining about the good fortune of others. But maybe we are looking at the parable from the wrong perspective. Rather than looking at it from the perspective of the workers, let's look at it from the perspective of the landowner, from the perspective of God. What we need to focus on in this parable is the generosity of the landowner. The first hires are probably very glad that they were chosen. They are obviously physically fit and able to do the job. Now they will receive a wage that can support their families. They are happy that they were chosen and realize the generosity of the landowner in picking them. The ones hired last, the ones not chosen, were probably old or weak or in some way handicapped. But when the landowner is generous to these men, the others are angry. These men are blind to the blessings they received in being hired first. They will never be able to see the generosity of the landowner as long as they look with jealous eyes at what the others have received. This parable does not give us some magic formula which would allow each person to receive what is deserved. But what the parable teaches is a way in which we can be happy, even in a world where some receive more than us. If we are going to be happy in an unfair world, we must focus less on what others have and more on the generosity that God has shown to us. If we compare ourselves to others, that comparison will make us blind to the blessings we have received. Do we believe that what we have, that our possessions will bring us happiness as long as we have more than others? We know that someone will always have more than us. The importance of this parable, as Jesus tells it, is not about the workers. It is describing God, a God who chooses to be generous to all of us. The challenge for us, especially if we see ourselves as the ones who have worked all day, is to know that we have been blessed and to share those blessings with others. When we concentrate on what others have and we do not, we miss the blessings that are right in front of us. The good news is that life may be unfair, but God is in charge, and God will not forget any of us. If we can recognize the blessings in our own lives, rather than focusing on what others have been given, we will find that our life is full. Once we choose to live our own lives, free from comparisons, free from jealousy, we will discover that God has not shortchanged us. Our lives are filled with blessings, and we will know that God has given us an extravagant full day's wage. For Wineskins, I am Sister Regina Rogers. Let us live the life we have been given, not the life that we wish we had been given, not the life that other people have been given. Let's not waste our time complaining. Life is simply too short for that. Wineskins is made possible by the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts. The program is produced by the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda, wishing you a beautiful Sunday and a safe week, and a special prayer for our sisters and brothers in the Jewish community who celebrate Yom Kippur.
What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a hug this morning. I thought uh, I love her. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast. I bought her an orchid. What have I done for my marriage today? I sent my husband a love email. I read the newspaper to my wife and it cracked her up. She's, but she's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Make a change for the better. Need help? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. They say America is the land of opportunity, but for some, life isn't so easy. Right now in America, one in six children lives below the poverty line. That's nearly 13 million children of all races all across our country. Where do you draw the line and get involved? You can make a difference in more ways than you think. Go to povertyusa.org today, because one in six children in poverty is one too many. A message from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development.